Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm Ainsley Earhart. I'm Brett Baer. I'm Katie Pavlich. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, May 5th, 2022. I'm John Saucier. The long and grinding road that has been this Russian invasion of Ukraine continues. One date on the calendar, though, is the world worried about what Russian President Vladimir Putin might do. It could basically make an already disastrous and heartbreaking situation for so many civilians even worse. This is the Fox News Rundown. War on Ukraine. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. The anticipation is building inside Ukraine as Monday, May 9th approaches. That's victory day in Russia, and President Vladimir Putin wants to mark the occasion with some good news for his country, as this battle against Ukraine has not gone well for the Russian military. There's a major concern that Monday could be a day of escalation for this conflict and also an opportunity for Russian President Vladimir Putin not to call a truce or sign a peace deal, but actually quite the opposite, to mobilize more of his population and drag them into this larger conflict. Fox News reporter Trey Yanks in Ukraine. The concern from the Ukrainian perspective isn't so focused on the day itself. This is a country that has been under attack for weeks now from the air and from the ground. And so any limited escalation will just be a spot on the radar in a larger war. The broader concern has to do with that possibility of mobilization. If Russian President Putin declares a war on Ukraine rather than the language that he's been using so far focused on a special operation, then it could basically make an already disastrous and heartbreaking situation for so many civilians even worse, even even a larger threat for this civilian population in Ukraine. Yeah, the idea here is if Putin formally declares war, he would be able to mobilize Russia's reserve forces. You're talking about many more Russian troops possibly flooding into Ukraine. But I'm wondering about that. If he formally declares war, does that mean he'll have to abide by the internationally recognized rules of war, which many say is not done so far? All right, let's talk about some of the Russian military movements in and around Ukraine. Trey, you've been covering really the whole country, but specifically mostly the capital city of Kiev. It seems that the Russians had pulled out of some of the suburbs, but now they're moving back into areas around Kiev. What are you seeing? What are you hearing about uh, Russian readvance? So the Russians right now are not operating anywhere near the Ukrainian capital. They are firing missiles at Kiev every once in a while. We still hear the air raid sirens going off. But the ground forces are still focused in the eastern Donbass region. And that's where Russian President Putin is hoping to capture significant areas of land that would give him leverage in any possible future negotiations. But so far, those advances have actually been stalled in many different places. 
from Kharkiv in the north all the way down to Donetsk, further southeast. Russian forces have been stopped and in many areas actually pushed back by the Ukrainians who have launched counteroffensives trying to clear out this territory. And so it creates a scenario where there could be basically a war that stays almost still when you see the lines going back and forth, right? In an area of land where one day a village could be under Ukrainian control and the next day it could be under Russian control and vice versa. And so it just creates a scenario where this conflict starts to drag out. And already, right, more than 70 days into the Russian invasion, there's no sign of this coming to an end. And that's the situation that the Ukrainian military has to prepare for, a conflict that could go on for months, if not years. And it's part of the reason you still hear Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky call for more support from the West, because while there are weapons flowing into Ukraine, those weapons get used sometimes immediately. And so they'll have to be resupplied and restocked. Let's talk about the flow of those weapons, Trey, because Russia knows that that's coming in specifically from the United States and other Western powers. And other experts we've talked to have said that those shipments are coming in via train. Kind of weirdly, the safest way to get the shipments of weapons and other resources into Ukraine. But now Russia is targeting not only train stations, but power stations as well. Is any of this effective for Russia in stopping the flow of this aid into the country? It certainly can slow the aid getting to different Ukrainian positions. It's particularly difficult in the more eastern parts of this country because we're actually not getting as much information about where exactly the Russians are targeting. But we do know, according to Ukrainian officials, that they're hitting different parts of the rail system. It's a major concern, actually, in the western part of Ukraine because most of the American supplies that we know about are coming in across the border from Poland. They're flying them into Poland, and then they cross into Ukraine. So that system that connects those critical pieces of military aid with the rest of the country, it really remains a a vulnerable spot for Ukraine. And so far, the Russians say they are not targeting any of the NATO weapons that have come into this country, but they make a lot of these declarations and then do just that. So That's really something to look out for really in the coming weeks is will the Russian forces start to target the weapons that are coming across the border? It's public information that this is happening. The Russians are well aware that these weapons are coming from Poland. The question is then, do they decide to hit them right when they cross the border? And what sort of implications are there for NATO? Because these are weapons coming from NATO countries. Yeah, absolutely. And the theme of this war, Trey, really has been Russia saying one thing and doing another A lot of deception going on here. That's playing out specifically in the city of Mariupol that Russia has really besieged throughout a major part of this war. They've pretty much destroyed the city, but there are still a small amount of Ukrainians who are holed up in that steel plant in Mariupol. Russia says they're not sending troops in there, but we have reports that it is getting bombed from above. What are you hearing about Mariupol? Yeah, it's another great example of the Russian forces saying they're willing to respect humanitarian corridors and then hitting those very corridors. And while there have been some pieces of good news around the steel plant, there have also been many pieces of bad news. The one piece of good news that we can report, according to the United Nations and the Red Cross, is that more than 100 civilians were able to make it out of this steel plant and to safety. And this was an evacuation route that was coordinated by the UN and that Russia agreed to. And that did give 
the Ukrainians some hope that some of these other deals surrounding the steel plant that is estimated to have around 2,000 Ukrainian soldiers inside, along with many civilians, would be able to, to focus on this area. And so the question still remains, will the Russians allow for more civilians to get to safety? And then what will they do with those Ukrainian soldiers inside? There were these reports of a two-day ceasefire going into place, but as quickly as those reports came out, we saw Russian forces bombing the plant from the air and the ground. And that is really again and again what is happening in Ukraine. We're speaking today with Fox News reporter Trey Yinks inside Ukraine with all the very latest about this ongoing war. We'll continue the conversation right after this. We're speaking today with Fox News reporter Trey Yinks. He's in Ukraine, has covered this war at length and is in detail also. Trey, I heard a comment today from a coworker saying, wow, I hope other countries don't get involved. But it looks like Belarus might. Belarus, the authoritarian leader of that country, President Alexander Lukashenko, he defended this Russian invasion of Ukraine and initially. But he recently was interviewed by the Associated Press, which he told the AP he didn't expect this operation in Ukraine to drag on for so long. Claimed he was doing everything he could to stop the war. Any chance that Belarus gets involved very soon? Alexander Lukashenko lies as much as Vladimir Putin lies. And in this situation, he failed to mention that Belarus was actually used as a staging ground for Russian forces. In the early days of this war, many Russian troops crossed into Ukraine from Belarus. And you might remember those joint military exercises that took place in the days leading up to this Russian invasion. And so he's well aware what's happened on the ground. The days that some analysts believed it would take Russia to capture the Ukrainian capital turned into weeks and then ultimately turned into a failed attempt by the Russians. And so now the idea that Belarus may start participating in the war is something that has been on the table Alexander Lukashenko has talked about this and and even described Russian leadership as brothers of of those leaders in Minsk. But there are a lot of questions about that. What would that partnership look like moving forward, given that the war is now more focused in the eastern Donbass region? Would there be troops from Belarus that would, again, try to target the Ukrainian capital? It's not the most likely outcome, but it's certainly a possibility that has to be considered by the Ukrainians part of the reason they're not changing their posture around Kyiv? Or would they go to the eastern Donbass region to help Russian forces in their attempt to take territory there? So a lot of questions, but certainly just another example of Russian President Putin trying to exercise the relationships that he does have with authoritarian countries that could potentially help Russian forces in this fight. Or another option, does Belarus see how Russia's performed against Ukraine so far and decide, you know what, we don't want to get our people in there because we don't want to suffer the same fate as many of these Russian troops have as Ukrainians continue to fight these invaders off and they do so extremely bravely. Fox News reporter Trey Yinks inside Ukraine. He's a busy man covering all the goings on there. Trey, we appreciate you. Stay safe and thanks as always for joining us in your podcast, the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine podcast. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.
The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.